What's going on here? Resistance is futile. This, indeed, you are powerful. Is in my hand. Fan effect. Friday. Uh, if you're looking for something to do this weekend, but maybe you just want to sit around and take in what there is uh, to watch out there on the bigger little screen, mm-hmm. we've got just something for everybody out there. Yeah, because maybe it's not basketball. Maybe it's something else. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, with March Madness, Andy Farnsworth with KSL News Radio and KSL's Fan Effect Podcast is here to tell us what we should watch this weekend. Hi, Andy. Hey. You ever feel like when you eat too much dessert, like it tastes good, but you're full, but you're just like. That's is that March Madness stuff. for you? Well, no, that's well, that's everything to watch. <laughs> Sometimes that's what I feel like after all the stuff that's just a lot. Yeah. There's just a lot of things. So let's, Break it down. let's get started today. Uh, my first uh, up from this week, my uh, the latest from DC Comics Superhero Movie Universe. It's my pick of the week, Shazam! Fury of the Gods. It's the sequel to the somewhat surprising hit of Shazam! from 2019. Now, the sequel brings back Zachary Levi and Asher Angel as the superhero and human versions of Billy Batson. Batson was a teen in the foster care system, but was granted through magic the wisdom of Solomon, the strength of Hercules, the stamina of Atlas, the power of Zeus, the courage of Achilles, and the speed of Mercury, all of which he accesses when he says the magic word, Shazam, and transforms into buffed-up Zachary Levi. Now, Billy and his five foster siblings, all of whom were granted similar powers at the end of the first film, sorry to spoil that for you, Dan, who hasn't seen it yet, they've been trying to be superheroes and loving it. But because they're just teenagers most of the time, they're also not very good at it. So when magical beings played by Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu show up, who call themselves the Daughters of Atlas, and they begin stealing the powers back, hoping to transform Earth into their godly realm that was previously destroyed, Billy and his siblings must figure out how to stop someone that's just as powerful as them, but with far more experience and cunning. I have to say, I found this movie to be just as charming and hilarious as the first one, which I also really enjoyed. I love the relaxed feel and somewhat irreverent attitude that this franchise has. For every five serious Batman or Superman movies, you need a fun outing like Shazam to kind of balance it out and give variety to your movie-going experience. The film hangs on the charm and humor of Zachary Levi, and in my opinion, he delivers. Jack Dylan Grazier is Freddie Freeman, Billy's best friend and foster brother, also carries a lot of the comedic weight on his back. Rachel Zegler from West Side Story joins the cast as well in a pivotal role. And weirdly enough, Skittles play a key role in the movie. Yes, the little fruit-flavored candies. Their slogan pops up in one of the funniest ways I've ever seen. Shazam! Fury of the Gods is rated PG-13 for language mostly, plus some scary-looking mythical creatures. I took my 10-year-olds and they loved it, but I'm not sure how much younger kids that a content-sensitive parent would want to take to see this. It is playing only in theaters and is expected to win the box office this weekend. Now, the other big release this week that many people have been looking forward to, the return of Ted Lasso on Apple TV+. Yeah. The comedy about an American football coach who's hired as a professional soccer manager in England's top league made its third season debut on Wednesday with its first new episode since 2021. We've been waiting a while. Jason Sudeikis plays the title character Ted Lasso, who was originally hired by Rebecca, the owner of the fictional team AFC Richmond, as a tactic for her to get back at her ex-husband, who owned the team before they divorced. She hoped Ted would be so terrible at coaching that the team would be banished to the minor leagues, but Ted's relentlessly positive attitude and all-around goodness ended up endearing him to the owner, players, fans, and even some of the jaded reporters who cover the team. Meanwhile, a solid cast of supporting characters combined to create compelling stories that have made the show one of the most popular on Apple's streaming service. In season three, which is rumored to be the final season, Ted and his team must deal with the betrayal of former equipment manager turned assistant coach Nate, who left on bad terms after accepting a job managing another soccer team purchased by Rebecca's ex-husband. Meanwhile, Ted has to cope with personal problems involving his ex-wife and their son, 
all the while dealing with a mercurial superstar player who could take them to a league championship or cause the whole team to implode. I absolutely love this show. However, it is rated TVMA mostly for language, so I know that will be something that could keep many viewers away. New episodes of Ted Lasso will drop each Wednesday over the next 12 weeks. Now, another streaming series drawing interest this week is season two of Shadow and Bone on Netflix. The series is based on the young adult fantasy novels of the same name by author Lee Bardugo. And it takes place in a world that looks similar to early 1900s Eastern Europe, a place where some people possess abilities kind of between magic and superpowers. These people called Grishas can manipulate the elements like fire, air, or water. Some have the ability to affect your emotions or even make your heart stop beating. They're outlawed in some places, and other places hunt them down, kind of like the Salem Witch Trials. In season one, we got to know Alina Sarkov, an orphan girl who we discover is a sun summoner, someone with the rare ability to create light. Many people sought to control her and use her for their own purposes before she was able to escape. Now in season two, she's on the run with her childhood love, Mal, a regular human, while they try and rally their own allies to fight against the evil General Kirigan, a Grisha with the power to control darkness, who Alina and Mal thought had died. Now, I've not yet watched all of season two, which debuted on Netflix yesterday, but the episodes I have watched have a very similar feel to season one. I didn't read the book, so I can't say how faithful they've been to the source material as far as characters and story. But I did find myself really enjoying the series as they went along. There's a hint of Harry Potter-type fantasy, a little bit of a Western movie feel, and some World War I-ish vibes all mixed together. Content-wise, the series is rated TV-14, but content-sensitive parents should look up what's included and decide before they let their kids watch. All eight episodes of season two are available to stream now on Netflix. Also on Netflix, for those who do want something you can watch with the kids or just let them watch, a cute new animated film called The Magician's Elephant. It's based on the Newbery Award-winning classic novel by Kate DiCamillo. In a land where magic and happiness once ruled, now gloominess and war hangs over everything. But when young orphan Peter, who's being trained by his guardian to be a soldier, crosses paths with a fortune teller in the market, there's only one question on his mind. Is his sister still alive? The answer he gets is that he must follow a mysterious element to his sister, which sets Peter off on a remarkable journey to complete three seemingly impossible tasks that magically change the face of his town forever. While the animation isn't quite Pixar level in quality, it does kind of match the sense in your mind's eye you get when you read a children's book, and it has pretty good voice casts. It includes Mandy Patinkin, Brian Tyree Henry, Natasha Dimitrio, and Miranda Richardson. The story certainly is charming and a heartwarming one and worth watching with your kids. The Magician's Elephant's rated PG, and it, again, is streaming on Netflix. Finally, today's honorable mention list, items we didn't have enough time to go into in greater detail. Leading it off is a new movie on streaming on Hulu. Boston Strangler is based on a true story and stars Kira Knightley as Loretta McLaughlin, a working mother and newspaper reporter in Boston in the 1960s. She, along with fellow reporter Jean Cole, played by Carrie Coon, are the people who first connected several similar murders in the area and broke the story of the Boston Strangler, the most notorious serial killer in that city's history. There have been multiple movies about the Boston Strangler over the years, especially because of the many real-life twists and turns the story took as suspects were identified. But this is the first to focus on the women who actually broke the story and the critical role they played. Boston Strangler is rated R and is available to stream only on Hulu. Now, if you were a fan of the movie 80 for Brady last month, two of the stars of that film, Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin, reunite for more awkwardly comedic hijinks in Moving On. The two women play estranged friends who reunite to seek revenge on the jerk widower, played by Malcolm McDowell, of their recently deceased best friend. 80 for Brady was a hit among the older skewing female audience, and that's likely to be who Moving On will appeal to the most. It is rated R and playing in theaters. 
Another option, if you dare, is a movie that I'm surprised only qualified for the honorable mention list, the sci-fi and dinosaur action flick, 65. It stars Adam Driver, and it even had a Super Bowl commercial. Yet just a month later, it's out in theaters, and hardly anyone is going to see it. The studio didn't screen the movie for critics, which is usually not a good sign. And from what I've seen from other critics, that seems to be the case. It's not good. Driver stars as Mills, an interstellar pilot who crash lands on a planet inhabited by dinosaurs. That planet just happens to be Earth, 65 million years ago, hence 65 being the title of the movie. Only one other person survives the crash, a young girl named Koa, and the two must survive a planet that won't be inhabited by humans for many millennia. Again, you're on your own trip for this one because they didn't screen it, so I haven't seen it. It's rated PG-13 and in theaters. And finally, if you're looking for some grown-up silliness, you've got Agent Elvis streaming on Netflix. This cartoon for adults supposes, what if Elvis were a secret agent with a mysterious past, even while he was also an internationally beloved rock and roll pioneer, husband and father? So if that idea intrigues you, you've got 10 episodes of Agent Elvis if you want. Matthew McConaughey voices the king. It's also got Johnny Knoxville as one of his sidekicks. Caitlin Olson from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia as a lady secret agent, and Don Cheadle as their spy boss. You'll see Elvis cross paths with Charles Manson, Howard Hughes, Dean Martin, Richard Nixon, and many others, all in the most crazy and usually violent of ways. Oh yeah, also Elvis also has a violent substance abusing chimpanzee as a sidekick too. I forgot to mention that. If you've ever seen the cartoon Venture Brothers, it's felt very similar to me. It is rated TVMA for all the reasons, so only check this out if that doesn't bother you. It's a funnier idea in theory than I thought it was to watch. So looking ahead to next week, we've got the latest or is it the final chapter in the popular John Wick action movie series starring Keanu Reeves? Wow, there was something for everybody in there. That was yeah, a lot. you're right. That was a lot. It wasn't all great. I'm sorry, but uh, some of it really is. Looking some of it was like a feast. Yeah. Yeah, you're you, regretting some of the courses. You don't want the beans and you don't, you know, but you do want the turkey. Right. That's right. Andy, thank you very much. Continuing our What to Watch Fan Effect episode this week uh, with a little bit of producer Kelly Ann here to talk about, of course, Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Everybody knows I'm a huge DC Comics fan. It's what got me comfortable speaking about fandoms in the first place. And one of my favorite DC films of the past few years has been Shazam! in uh, 2019. That was one of the first episodes that I actually joined Andy to talk about um, on the show and I'll actually link that in our show copy today. I absolutely love Sajam. I was familiar with the character Captain Marvel early on, <laughs> uh, which, of course, they had to change the name a bit because of the competition with Marvel's Captain Marvel. Uh, in our first recording that we spoke about, uh, the first Shazam, we said, you know, DC finally did a fun film and both Andy and I thoroughly enjoyed that. Now this new film, Fury of the Gods, the sequel, it doesn't quite capture the magic or the fun of the first one, but it is still very wonderful and very valuable. We do have a bit of an older cast here and so we have higher peril, higher dangers, and a little more violence than you might be expecting. So I know Andy kind of mentioned that before that you might not want to bring your child if, if that's something that makes them frightened. So just kind of look ahead to see if that's something you want to do. But at the same time, as we get older, we do face more difficulty and more perils and higher consequences in life. So it's just part of the process of growing up, similar to Harry Potter going from kind of the fun and whimsy of the first books to the darkness of the later books. 
I absolutely loved this film. I loved how Shazam, the first one, was really an exploration of uh, Zachary Levi as the adult and Asher Angel as the younger. This one takes it into a full family phase where we're still dealing with themes of family, of abandonment, of being comfortable in our skins and comfortable with our abilities. This film takes that into a broader range when it comes to the family. Uh, for fans of DC, they're going to be rewarded by acknowledgement of some characters and some storylines. Uh, Fury of the Gods, we do have some gods in there that we didn't quite get in the first film. We are able to dive a little bit more into the lore, and you're going to see some Easter eggs, including one from the Shazam show of the 1970s. We do get a bit of an Easter egg from there. And we also get a bit of closure when it comes to other DC characters, which... Which, if you know what I'm a fan of, you're going to really know that it brought me just ecstatic joy. Now, right now, the big thing is, is Shazam part of the upcoming new James Gunn series? And right now, we kind of don't know. It looks like it might be the opening of the next phase, or it might be the closing of this DC extended universe that we've explored the past few years. Overall, though, I think the film stands on its own. It's fun, it's playful, while having a darker streak than the first. You have the same actors, the same characters uh, of the family. I love how Andy said Shazamily in his uh, write-up of it. It really brings together a resolution to that family arrangement and how it gives you greater hope for the future of the family and for Philadelphia. Overall, the cinematography was standard movie hero. We do have a very heavy use of CGI, um, but it's also done in a very, very fun way. Uh, you see the amazing dragons on the trailers. Well, we necessarily didn't need the sequel to Shazam in order to continue the storyline of uh, the DC Extended Universe. I'm glad that they did. And I think it's a fun opportunity to enjoy the film, to kind of close out what we have been experiencing with the DC Extended Universe, and to celebrate our love for Zachary Levi. So I'm going to give it a B plus, maybe an A minus, <laughs> and say if you love DC Comics, if you like superhero films, if you just want to relax and enjoy a good popcorn movie, Go see it in the big theaters. And I just want to thank the Megaplex for sponsoring our show today and I'll let you go ahead and continue on to your weekend as me and Andy have just shared with you what to watch for this weekend. Hey, thanks for watching. I hope you and your family found this review helpful and I invite you to check out my other in-depth reviews of movies and streaming TV shows on KSLTV.com. I'll see you there. <laughs>